here? Amen. Well, I'll just give you this one, Dave. I'll bless you. Pastor Dave. <laughs> Amen. How many came to the uh, dinner and movie the other night? Wasn't that good? Praise God. I'll tell you what, I got blessed. That was really good. I was teasing one of the, one of the men this morning. I said, what are you going to do with all those shoes down? All the stuff in your closet. When you go home, your wife's got that stuff out of there. you got an empty closet. She's in there praying you don't have any stuff in there anymore. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's quite all right with me. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have a wife in a closet praying than a closet full of clothes. But praise God, when you got a good wife, you got to get married, you can have them both. we got a closet full of clothes, and we got uh, lots of prayer going on in our house. That's, that's what brought us to where we are. Amen. Well, you notice the title is What the Bible Says About God's Tithe to New Testament Believers. To New Testament Believers. I want to show you a couple books before we get to the lesson. Dr. Barclay's book, The Real Truth About Tithing. The Real Truth About Tithing. What the Bible has to say because we as Christians have got to live our lives in line with the Word of God if we want fully blessed. And then Brother Hank has got a book, Biblical Keys to Financial Prosperity. Biblical Keys to Financial Prosperity. God wants us blessed. And we want to be blessed. You know, I think about what the Lord told Abraham back in Genesis. He said, I blessed you to be a blessing. Man, we want to feed the poor. We want to help people. We want to build churches. We want to help missionaries. We want to do good things. But guess what? If you don't have any money, all you've got to do is want to. You're never going to do anything. We've got to be able to prosper God's way. I think about Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessed Lord maketh the rich. He hath no sorrow with it. Because somebody's thinking, well, what about all these rich guys out there like that that don't serve God? Look at all the sorrow they got, too. They never know what's going to happen next. You know, I think about some of the richest guys the world's ever known end up dying in their 30s, dying in their 40s, and leave billions and billions and billions of dollars for somebody else to fight for. That's sorrow. Christians can live long and live strong. And the book of Proverbs says that we are to leave an inheritance to our children and our children's children. Amen. I remember back in Indiana years ago when I was pastor, man, I got so mad about a bumper sticker. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think California is that goofy. Some things they are, but not this goofy. Had this bumper sticker. Saw this couple right down the street. Said, we're, spilled, we're spending our children's inheritance. I thought, man, I hope you're not a Christian because you're very anti-Bible. The Bible says we're supposed to leave an inheritance. And I'm going to get to the Word of God if I really get like that. But I hate those reverse mortgage commercials, too. That's taking your children's inheritance, too. Amen. You're not supposed to give that inheritance away. You're supposed to have enough to live a good life. And leave something for them. Amen? Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. Yes, sir. I thought so, too. All right. Uh, let's, let's read our financial faith confession. And just to look at this again so we all know what we're talking about. Let's read this out loud together like we always do at offering time. You ready? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for being all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You know what? There's nobody that doesn't like to hear you say that except the devil. The devil's the only one that doesn't want us to prosper. 
He's the only one who doesn't want church people to have money, doesn't want Christians to have money. You know what? The devil has no problem with Las Vegas stealing money and having lots of money for lots of other things going on. But he doesn't want churches to have money, doesn't want Christians to have money. So anyway, for our financial faith confession, uh, Mrs. Pastor and I, in our third year of SMTI, Dr. Barclay's Bible School, we went back to take our third year to face that third year. At our classes last week, Dr. Barclay was teaching about tithes and from a whole different direction what I am today, but teaching about tithes and offerings and things. And a couple of days later, I was thinking, we make that financial faith confession every week, been doing this for years, and there's probably a lot of people in our church don't understand what it is they're doing, why they're doing it, what it is we're doing it. And so I thought, I'm going to break that apart and start looking at those different things we have there, why we say them. And I started doing this, the Lord took me a different direction. And so, you know, you know, you know, she start off there, it says, we believe we receive. Well, how many know you don't get saved unless you believe you receive eternal life from Jesus? How many know that if you use your faith for healing, you don't receive healing unless you believe you receive? If you're believing for a job, you don't get the job unless you believe you receive it. Everything we do is because we believe we receive. And basically that comes from Mark 11:24. Jesus said, therefore, I say to you, what things serve you desire when you pray, believe you receive. And you shall have. And so in life, whatever it is, if you're wanting, if you're wanting to get married, pray for a godly mate. You know, especially if you've been married before, you found out you can't pick out too good. Or you don't do too good. But I think, well, I think about Jeff and Heather. You know, I know that Jeff, I've known Jeff for ten and a half years. And uh, I know that Jeff's been standing on God's word, waiting for the right one. He believes he received, and he got a jewel, didn't he? Hey, man, let's give a hand for Jeff and Heather again. That's so cool. But, uh, you know... It's the same thing my son Josh. Josh, Josh believed he received for a lot of years. He got, a, he got an awesome one too. And so what the whole thing was, when you believe you receive, and you live and speak in life what you're believing you're receiving, then God's able to bring it to pass. And so these things in this confession are all things in life, the Word of God. And, you know, somebody said, well, why, why do we have to pray about it and talk about it? Well, I want to tell you something. If you ever notice, the devil doesn't fight you. If you want to spend money at Las Vegas, if you if you want to spend money on a lottery ticket, he's not going. To, oh, don't do that! I'm going to hold back. No, I'm going to make you go broke. You're spending money on a lottery ticket. No, that's going to break you. Or the devil's not going to fight you about where you're going to go to the grocery store at, or who your barber's going to be. He's going to fight you about where you go to church at, who your pastor's going to be. There's no resistance for natural things. There's always resistance for spiritual things. And so we have to use our faith by the words out of our mouth. But it helps a whole lot if we know what the Bible has to say. So we know we're speaking what God wants us to speak and what God wants us to say. And so we want to look at some things about tithing. And, you know, I want to say this. I've been pastoring for lots and lots and lots of years now. So I can teach about tithing where I don't feel intimidated. Well, people might think, well, why are you talking about money? Why are you talking about money? The same reason I talk about your marriage. I want you to have a good marriage. Same reason I talk about raising your children. I want your children to turn out right. Same reason I talk about your health, how to be healed of God. I want you to live a long time and be healthy. And so why am I going to talk about tithing and money? I don't want you broke. I want you having more than enough to enjoy a good life with your children and your family. And so, you know, I found out the only people that ever get uncomfortable about tithing is people that are religiously brainwashed instead of New Testament taught. And they think the preacher just did it for the money. Well, you know, the whole thing about it, 
a preacher like me that's been preaching for a while, we really don't care what you think about us and money. Jesus said you judge a tree by its fruit. Amen. Amen. I have a nice house right in the middle of town, right by the high school. Not a rich neighborhood, parts of it a poor neighborhood, but it's a decent middle class neighborhood. It's the house we want. I have a 1994 Buick I bought in 2005 when I came to California. I still drive my Buick, although I have a, a newer car now, an SUV we drive also. And so we're not out here with all kinds of extravagance. We're going to have to see how much we can take. Matter of fact, when it comes to tithing, you know, some people are so ignorant, and that, that's not a curse word. That just means they don't know. Now, we got one guy, let's see, I don't see him here this morning. He got born again about a half dozen years ago, been coming here. And, uh, he, t- he told my son and his wife one day a few years ago that, uh, boy, I said, I don't mind putting money in the offering. I want the pastor to have all he can get. <laughs> he said, and they said, what do you mean the pastor have all he can get? He said, well, don't he get everything comes in? <laughs> said, no. The pastor's on a salary set by board. He gets a paycheck just like you get a paycheck. And there's other things in this church besides the pastor. There's light bills because we like to have the lights turned on. We like to have heat and cool. Amen. There's supplies and books and just, I mean, so many things it takes to run a church that the pastor gets a part of it. But when tithes and offerings come into churches, it's not so the pastor can live in a mansion and, 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 and drive $100,000 cars. You know, if somebody's got a nice big church, live in a rich area, then they need to live in a mansion, drive nice big cars, because you need to be up to the standard living where you're at. But for where we're at, we're very comfortable, very happy. And so I'm not talking about tithes money and things like that because I want you to make me rich. I've talked about these things because I'm a pastor sent from God to help people live a good life and want you to get it. Amen. Amen. And so I want you to look <clears throat> look at Romans fourteen verse twenty three. But I'm gonna Amen. I'm gonna read it out of the Amplified. Uh, what it ends up saying in the King James of whatsoever is not of faith is sin. But we're teaching on tithing God's way for New Testament believers because we want to please God. I like this in the Amplified Bible. It says, For whatever does not originate and proceed from faith is sin. That is, whatever is done without a conviction of its approval by God is sinful. And so, what we're looking at is we make this financial faith confession. And as the pastor of the church, I'm not just talking about something that's going to help me. I'm influencing you. I'm influencing a lot of people. And in a church, we have people that come into a church that maybe have never been in a church before. Or like I was, when I got born again at 28 and a half years old, I hadn't been in a church for a lot of years, for a long, 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 long time. Went when I was a teenager, got born again as a teenager, lasted about a year, backslid, and didn't live for God for a lot of years. So when I came into a church, all those mature, seasoned veterans that were in there, veteran Christians, they knew a lot and I knew nothing. And it would have helped me. As a new Christian, if the pastor would have told me what I'm telling you now, so I would be able to catch up to where they were. And there's a lot of Christians that have been church members for a lot of years, have never really heard the truth of the Word of God about tithing and different things. And so stop to think about this. As I'm talking right now, people like Mike and Betty have been around this for a long, 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 long time, and they could teach what I'm teaching probably because they know this inside and out. They could teach it, but then you got other people sitting in here that they just got born again the last couple months, and they're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm so glad he's talking about this. I hear him talking about it. I don't know what they're talking about. And so we want people to be able to do what Romans 14:23 says. We want you 
to be able to make that financial faith confession and be a tither of conviction in your heart is pleasing God. Amen. We want you to know in your heart that what you're doing because, you know, I'll just, I'll just say this. We're really, 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 really big on the Bible here. Really big on the Bible here. We look at a lot of Bible verses and things like that. Well, I got born again back in January of 1980. There's a man named Jim Jones. Anybody ever heard of Jim Jones? Okay, well, he came out of Indianapolis. Matter of fact, my music minister, my first church, he and his brothers were baptized by Jim Jones. Jim Jones wasn't always whatever he ended up being, man, evil. But Jim Jones led Christians by what he told them they should believe without looking at their Bibles. And so in today's times especially, you need to make sure, whether it's your pastor, some radio preacher, if they still have radio preachers, I don't listen to radio, I don't know if they do not have all the other stuff, but TV preachers, internet preachers, whoever it is, you need to know the principles of God's Word. You need to open your own Bible and see what your Bible says so some preacher doesn't say, hey, let's drink this Kool-Aid. This Kool-Aid is going to make you feel real good. You don't need Kool-Aid. You need the Word of God, the sincere milk, milk of the Word of God. And so that's why we're talking about tithing. We want you to know from your Bible what God says in multiple places we'll look at. Not just one verse, multiple places. Because the Bible doctrines are like a thread. They hold the whole garment together from Genesis to Revelation. Bible principles are Bible principles, and they carry through all the way. Amen? So that's what we want to do is help you see those things. And so, and so uh, my, I take my gift and calling of God very seriously. I've committed my entire life and everything I have to equip believers to live a victorious Christian life. That's what I'm all about is to help you get victory in every area of life. So I want to study and answer some questions from the Bible of what is a tither and why tithe? And then how to scripturally present your tithe to Jesus, which will be what we do next week. But we're going to look at these first two for right now. I want you to look at Jeremiah 3.15. Jeremiah 3.15. I bet my Bible's got it too. Jeremiah 3.15, the Spirit of God said, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Feed you with knowledge and understanding. And one thing, one thing that I've always purposed to do, as long as I've been a preacher, there's so many deep things that I could teach you. But... The deep things that I knew and you couldn't understand would not help you. I remember, uh, well, back to Indiana again, my, my first church, my first music minister. I remember some deep prophetic preacher. He's prophetic, pastor. He's in the prophetic. The prophetic preacher came to Indianapolis. And uh, some of my church people went to hear the prophetic. And they came back to our church. And the next day, my music minister told me, oh, pastor, you should have been there. I thought, man, maybe I missed it. I said, what did, what, did, what, what, what did he preach about? Oh, it was deep. And I said, well, what was Oh, it was deep. This is a true story. I said, well, what did you learn? Oh, it was deep. And I said, well, what did you learn? Oh, pastor, it was deep. It just batted his eyes at me. I said, it was so deep you don't know what he taught? Yeah. 
I said, boy, that was deep, wasn't it? And see, that's the bad thing today. There's people today in California chasing these guys that teach so deep, they take them off the deep end, don't even know what happens. And so I want to teach you simply things and give you understanding of those things. If you don't understand the Bible, what difference does it make how much you quote the Bible? James said even the devils believe in trim, tremble. Amen. And so we don't want to be in the company of the devil. We just tremble. We want to have some faith to do something. Amen. And so uh, to live a victorious Christian life, all believers need a God-gifted and obedient pastor to teach the truth on tithing. To teach the truth on tithing. A true pastor isn't in the ministry for personal gain or promotion, but to help God's people know him better, to know God better, to know his ways and what he expects out of them so they can live the victorious life that he has planned for them. How many believe that Jesus gave his life you'd have an abundant provided life? Live long, live strong, have a good family life, have a good job, have a good retirement, have good health care, have benefits that only God can provide. And so that's my job is to teach you and feed you with knowledge and understanding how to get it. Uh, so I'm not going to teach you my opinion or what I think about tithing. I'm going to look at what the Bible says about God's tithe to New Testament believers. New Testament believers. I praise God I don't have a religious church. Why do you say that, Pastor? Well, you know, again, back in Indiana, we had a lot of religious churches. And religious churches try to tell Christians that tithing is Old Testament, not for today. And I'm so glad I don't deal with that out here. I'm so glad that Christians know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And that the New Testament is for today. And lots of the New Testament works with the Old Testament. Some things are gone, but lots of principles carry through because God is God. Amen? The devil's the devil. Christians are Christians. And we need blessed God's way. Amen. So we need to understand, as we look at the Bible, what God has to say. So what, number one, what is a tithe? And I want to look at Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 and through 32. What is a tithe? And I want to say something that uh, Pastor Dave passed on to me today. And it's really interesting. I love the way the Holy Spirit moves. Uh, I, I don't micromanage. I don't micromanage my team. I don't micromanage my staff. We... we we stay in a flow together. We meet weekly. We meet bi-weekly with a lot of leaders to stay on the same page of what we're doing. But as far as a lot of the inner workings, I've not got my hands on everything, what goes on. Pastor Dave told me, he said, that's really interesting. You're teaching on tithing today, Dad. I talked to the youth on this last week. And then last Sunday night, I was recovering from my trip to Nicaragua, which, by the way, next Sunday we're going to talk about this in more detail. We, if you God speaking to your heart, we're going to take a trip down there June the 20th. We'll talk about it next Sunday. So if you think you might want to go, just be praying about it. We're going to show you what we're going to do and how to get there next Sunday. But anyway, I was recovering last Sunday night. Mrs. Pastor said that informal session in here because a lot of people were going to the stupid bowl. I mean the Super Bowl. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> it's good if you like it. <laughs> Anyway, a lot of people were watching the Super Bowl, and Mrs. Pastor had an informal session, said the whole thing ended up revolving around tithing. People had questions about that, and I knew none of this as I put together what God's got me doing. So I would say it's safe to, it's safe to say that God wants this church to understand about his tithe. Amen? 
<clears throat> Amen. So anyway, the tithe says this, uh, verse 30. And all the tithe, I circled that because I think that's pretty important. All the tithe of the land, where the seed of the land, of the fruit of the tree, of the paycheck from Fort Irwin, of the paycheck of the Marine Base, of the paycheck of the railroad, or the paycheck of the, of the grocery store, or the paycheck of the, of the school system, wherever you're at, wherever you're at, he's talking about what your income is. All of that, he says, of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. All the tithe, says, is the Lord's. All the tithe is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. God calls the tithe holy. That means it's special. It's sacred. It's consecrated. It's dedicated. It's set apart. It belongs to God. If man will at all redeem aught of his tithes, he shall thereto add thereto the fifth part thereof. And so he said, if you back off and you go catch him up, add 20% to it. That's what God says. Anyway, and concerning the tithe, that I circled that. See, phrases like that as a Bible teacher jump off at me. So we're talking about concerning the tithe of the herd, of the flock, of the paycheck, if you're selling cars, if you're in real estate, of the commissions you get. Whatever it is, God said, whatever your income is, he said, concerning the tithe, even of the whatsoever passes of the rod, now I circled this, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. The tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. The tithe, the tenth, shall be holy unto the Lord. And, you know, I hear Christians say things like this. Well, I tithe 30%. No, you don't. A tithe is 10%. You give 20% in offerings. <clears throat> well, Pastor, I tithe 5%. No, you don't. You're robbing from God. The tithe is 10%, he said. God said, God said, God said, the tithe is 10%. If you're given something else above that, then you're given an offering, but a tithe can only be 10%. Why can a tithe only be 10%? Because I'm not God, God said it. And I told you I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to tell you what God said. God said the tithe is holy. Your food money is not holy, that's money. Your light bill is not holy, that's your light bill. But God said his tithe is holy. And God said his tithe is 10%. And that's what we're talking about is what God said so we can understand why tithe? And so God's tithe is 10% of your gross income before taxes or any other deductibles. Before anything else, God said the first, the first comes to God. And, you know, I, w- I want to say this, that when you understand the importance of your tithe to God, that God's tithe is holy then you're going to understand the more we look at things in the Bible, it's a whole lot easier to live on a blessed 90%, which is what's left after he gets his 10%, than not have the blessing on 100%. Because if you keep God's 10%, then your 100% isn't blessed. It's just money like all the world's money. It's just money, and there's sorrow with it. But when you give God his 10%, then the 90% you got is going to go a whole lot further. And, you know, we're going to look at things in the Word later on. But the whole thing is, in Malachi chapter 3, he said it rebukes the devil off that 90%.
He said that your fruit tree doesn't die. When frost comes, he's going to protect your trees. Talk to these farmers back there. Your cattle aren't, aren't going to get hoof and mouth disease. Your cows are going to be blessed. They're going to live. They're going to reproduce. And your herds are going to multiply. That means that your jobs are going to be blessed. That means your car is going to go further and live longer. That means Joe Mumford gets to stay in business to take care of the 94 Buick. <laughs> Amen. And so... That's what I'm saying here, that when you see what God says, you know, I I just want to get this into your thinking. God said right here concerning the tithe. He said all the tithe is holy. And he said the tithe is 10%. And so talking to new Christians or talking to maybe Christians that have been taught the Bible but have just been taught opinions that people had, this is not the pastor at that church on the highway that said this. God said this. God said, concerning the tithe, it's holy, and God said, it's 10%. It's not whatever you want to do. It's not, well, uh, you should pray about it. It's not, well, I really got blessed good this week. I'm going to give God half my paycheck as a tithe. No, you're not. You give God the 10% he said that you want to give 40% above that to make half your paycheck. You can do that, but it's not a tithe. Is that good preaching or what? Amen. Want to help God's people. So anyway, somebody's thinking, yes, pastor, but you're still in the Old Testament. We're not living under the law. And so to answer your question about New Testament tithing, 10%, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 7. Amen. New Testament, Hebrews chapter 7. And I tell you, Hebrews is a really great book to read about what Jesus is doing today in his current ministry. The book of Hebrews is about the present-day ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody said, well, I thought Jesus went to heaven and he was done. Read the book of Hebrews. Jesus is the one that's at the right hand of the Father as the intercessor for us. Amen. Jesus is the one that sanctifies our praises for the Father as we praise he makes them acceptable unto God. And Jesus is the one we're going to see is the blesser of the tithe in the New Testament. I want to say it again. Is the blesser of the tithe in the New Testament. The present day ministry of Jesus is the book of Hebrews. It tells, it defines what Jesus is doing today. Jesus is not finished. Jesus is working right now in our behalf from heaven. You know, I think about the song a while ago at Philippians chapter 2 that uh, Joshua talked about, that every knee is going to bow one day. Every tongue is going to confess one day that Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, whenever I see those verses and sing songs like that, I always, I always in my heart say, Jesus, I'm not going to wait for one day. I'm confessing your Lord today. I bow my knee today. I yield to you today, Jesus. I'm not going to have to wait to where I'm forced to. And so anyway, Hebrews chapter 7 talks about tithing a lot. And I want to look at a few things out of Hebrews for time. We're not going to read the whole chapter. But I want you to notice verse 2. It says, To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. A tenth part. The tithe is 10%. First being by interpretation, king of righteousness, which after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. That's all about Abraham bringing tithes to Melchizedek. And then I want you to notice verse 4. It says, 
Now consider how great this man was, and whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. The tenth. The tithe is always ten percent. Old Testament, New Testament, the tithe is always ten percent. And we're not talking about offerings today. The offerings, basically, when it comes down to offerings, offerings is Second Corinthians chapter 9 says, As we purpose in our heart to give, so let us give. God chose the amount of the tithe, 10%. You know, if we had a millionaire sitting in this church today, his tithe would be the same as the one that worked out the fast food chain. Well, how could that be? 10% is 10%. It doesn't change. A dime off a dollar is a dime. Except if you make a million dollars, a whole lot more dimes than that than there is off making a hundred dollars. But the percentage doesn't change. It's 10%. It's 10%. And somebody said, well, pastor, when I was making a hundred dollars a week, I didn't mind putting $10 in, but now my tithe would, do you know my tithe would be a hundred dollars? Well, I said, let me pray for you then. We'll take you back to a hundred dollars where you said, put $10 in. Hey, Amen. We'll take you back. Let me pray for you that God will cause you to lose that job. You go back, make $100, then you put your little $10 bill in again and start praying for a better job. I would rather tithe the 100 off the 1,000. I would need more money than I would give an offer and say, Lord, I want to raise 1,000, not enough right now. And so I'm going to put more in, Lord. I'm going to believe in the name of Jesus that I'm increasing. And then they say, well, Pastor, you know what? My tithe's $150 down. I'm so grateful for that. I got $1,500 a week I make. Glory to God, it works, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. So the tithe is always 10%. It never changes. But if you're a faithful tither, your income is going to change. It's going to go up and up and up. And the dollar amount of your tithe is going to increase, but the percentage is never going to increase. It's always going to be 10%. And so I want you to notice then, uh, he's talking about that 10%. He gets down to verse 8 then, and he says this, And here on earth men that die receive tithes. That's talking about the pastors of the churches. We receive the tithes on earth for you, but there he receiveth them. Talking about Jesus, the present ministry of Jesus, he's the Lord of the tithe. But there he receiveth them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. And so Jesus is the high priest of the new covenant. The New Testament tithe is still 10%, and we still bring it to the high priest. I'm not the high priest. I'm an earthly priest. I'm an earthly pastor. I don't wear a collar. But I'm called by God to be your priest, to be your pastor. If you're part of this family, I'm your pastor. And so I don't receive your tithe for me. I receive your tithe for Jesus. We receive it on earth. He receives it in heaven. We're his representatives. Amen. I want you to see that because we're talking about that doubt, that religious lie the devil wants to spread. Well, tithe is just for the Old Testament. Well, if tithe were for the Old Testament only and it stopped, then Jesus wouldn't receive it today. Jesus would, the book of Hebrews say, well, Jesus used to receive tithes, but he doesn't anymore. It says he receives tithes. And so we're talking about whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so if I know that Jesus is still receiving tithes, that I can with total confidence, every time I get a paycheck, every time I get blessed, I can look at that money and I say, Jesus, here's your 10%. Thank you for blessing my 90%, Lord. And I give this to you. And my wife and I, all of our married life, 
have laid hands on our tithe at home before we ever got to church. I get paid, I get paid now every two weeks on a Monday morning because Katie's real nice. She signs my check. She's a business administrator. <laughs> but I get paid, and the first thing I do when I get paid is the same thing I did when I was a Christian truck driver. I got my paycheck. I lay out my checkbook. I lay out my bills, and I write deposit. I write the amount of my deposit, which is my net pay. Then I look at my check stub, which is my gross pay. I look at my gross. I move the decimal point over one point to the left. And when I do, that tells me what's left for my tithe. And then what I do before I pay my light bill, before I pay my mortgage, before I pay whatever I've got, I write on there HDWC, High Desert Word Center. And then I write out my tithe. And then I call over to my desk. I say, Mrs. Pastor, come here. We've got our tithe ready for the Lord. And right there at the desk, we together, because we're one, we together lay hands on that tithe. And we look up to heaven. And I say something like this. Jesus, thank you for our health. Lord, thank you for our family. Thank you for our salvation. And all those times that I could have died and went to hell before I knew you, you didn't let it happen. I want to thank you, Jesus, for California. You sent us out here to help these people, Lord. I want to thank you for giving us such a good church. Lord, I want to thank you for my house. I love my house, Jesus, you blessed me with. Lord, I want to thank you for my family. I want to thank you for my kids serving you. I thank you for my healthy grandkids. Oh, Jesus, we just want to thank you for your blessings. And, Lord, thank you for this paycheck. I get to do what I love to do, Jesus, living out my dream of being a preacher for you. And, Jesus, you even paid me to do it. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for this paycheck. And we put that 10% in there, lay hands on that tithe. And then I say, Lord, I want to thank you. I've got a church full of people following me as I follow Christ. Jesus, I want to thank you. We're going to fulfill your plan and purpose. Thank you, Lord. That's what I do. And it's marked on my ledger right there. I subtract that. Subtract that. I see what's left. I say, good. Here's what we got left to buy groceries. Here's what we got left to pay the light bill, to pay the mortgage. Here's what we got left to do these things we got to do. That's what I do. And then uh, a quick plug for uh, FPU, Financial Peace University. What day of the week does that teach on now? Friday. You can't start it out until the next session comes. But Josh teaches Financial Peace University, and that shows you how, if you're a tither, and it's still not working how you want to, that shows you how then to patch the holes in your bucket to get things stopped leaking out, because God wants you blessed for being a tither, but that class shows you how to manage your money. Amen? But that's, that's, how, that's, how, that's how we've lived our life for all of our married life. We plan it out that way because God says it's his, so that's the first thing we pay is our tithe. And we still bring it to the high priest. So Jesus gets it first. And then by the time we get to church, man, we got our faith released over it. We know what's going on. And we walk up to the altar for our tithe. And all we're doing is just rejoicing. Jesus, thank you. You already received this. We're now going to bring it into the storehouse here and put it in this offering bucket. But you've already received it, Lord. Amen. Is that helping anybody see how this works? That's how it works. That's how it works. And so uh, I want to say it again. It's easy to figure out how much dollar amount your tithe is in dollars, you just move the decimal point one point to the left. And somebody said, I don't understand that because I flunked math. Well, okay, you should have paid attention, but anyway, we'll teach us a real simple math. I thought I did good math in school too, till one day my daughter Annie found some old report cards I didn't do, good, do as good as I thought I did. So I can't brag about that anymore because she found the old report cards. <laughs> but anyway, if you write... 
$10 and move it over one point to the left, that leaves $1. If you write down $1,000, move it one point to the left, that makes $100. Amen. And so whatever it is, whatever it is your paycheck says, gross pay, just move it over. And that tells you what the tithe is. Amen. So that, I guess that's math for even a dummy. <laughs> Anybody can figure that out. Amen. And so, uh, and you know, know, something else I put a note down here that's a really good way to do. I, I do this with our staff sometimes because I want anybody that's going to be in the close inner circle help me lead this church to make sure that they're doing right. And so what we do at staff at the start of the year a lot of times, you know that letter you get that's on the information booth tells you how much you gave for the year? That's a good way to check up on your tithing. And so what you do, you get a thing called a W-2. And you got a thing called a 1040. Well, look on your 1040 for what your gross income is. Get your letter off that table right there and compare them. And if you made $80,000 this year and God got $200, you're not a tither. God got 33 cents, you're not a tither. When that thing matches up, that gross of the gross, you know you're a tither. If you're like me, you give to things besides this church. I support, I, I support a missionary that has nothing to do with our church, that the church does support. I do personally. I've been supporting him for a while now. And then I've got lots of other works I give into and do things for other places there because I'm not in this for the legalistic thing just to bless this church. I'm in the family of God. And I love, I love to see this church prosper. But my number one thing is I know the tithe comes here, but I have a choice on my offerings. And so, praise God, I do give lots of offerings to the church, but I give to other places, too. And so that sheet back there for me is not just a true thing, because I do more than that, so my 1040 is. So I look at my 1040 line up and what I've done. That's how I check myself. So anyway, that might be a good way to check yourself. And somebody said, well, Pastor, if I don't know, I'm not accountable to God if I don't know. Well, you are now, because I just told you what to do. So I just told you what to do. You look at those two pieces of paper. And if you don't look at them, and then you're in that sin of omission I talked about a while ago. <laughs> Do better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. Amen. Why tithe? I want you to look at Matthew chapter 23. We saw what the tithe is. But look at Matthew 23, verse 23. And you notice we're out of the Old Testament into the new side. And so Matthew 23... <laughs> Verse 23, I'm going to read this out of the uh, New Living Testament. And if you come on Sunday nights a lot, you're going to know that uh, Pastor Dave pretty much teaches out of the New Living Testament. Or what's the other one you do? The New King James. But I did not get this verse off him. I got this myself. New Living Testament, I like this better than the way King James said it. Jesus said this, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, and I, 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 I highlight and emphasize this part here for you to see what Jesus is saying. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income. He told these religious leaders, you're tithing even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. And Jesus said you should tithe, yes. Why tithe? Because Jesus said you should. I mean, to me, that's enough reason right there. If I do nothing else, Jesus said it. You don't take out those religious devils when they tell you tithes is not for today. They say, is Jesus for today? 
Jesus said you should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. So Jesus is telling us here, love is always our number one priority. He said these people were tithers, but they were ignored mercy and justice and faith. And so, yes, paying our tithes is a consistent part of our faith, but our number one thing is always to love God and love people. Number one thing, and you know, let me just say this. How can you love God but not want to give him his tithe? If you love God and you love Jesus, you're going to want to do what he said to do. But he's told these guys here, said, yeah, you guys are serious tithers, but you're meaner than a junkyard dog. Me and Jonah was a junkyard dog is, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, when I was, when I, uh, very short buddy trail. When I was growing up, I had a great uncle that had a junkyard in the middle of Indianapolis in the ghetto. And he had a junkyard dog. <laughs> it was a junkyard dog. Was well, the kind of junkyard dogs? I got the log chain on the neck dogs. And he used to let me go out of the junkyard and go through these cars we told him in, all these wrecks and repos and everything like that. And I used to get the stuff out of the glove box. I got some good stuff there. But anyway, what I'm saying is this. That was a fun time, but the junkyard dog would have been a very serious threat. And we as Christians cannot be meaner than a junkyard dog. We can't bring God's tithe in and make this confession and then go out and hate everybody else in the world and make them feel intimidated like the a big old dog was growling at them and biting at them. And that's what Jesus told these guys. He says, you guys are serious tithers. He says, you even, side off, you even tithe off your garden seeds. He says, you guys, you guys tithe off every little seed you got. He said, every, every time you get ten tomatoes, you give God a tomato. Every time you get a cucumber, God gets the, the first one of every ten cucumbers. That's what he said. You guys tithe out of your garden. He said, but you're missing the whole thing. He said, you're mean. Guess what? Somebody just got set free. <laughs> Somebody just thought, he's talking to me. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he wasn't talking to me. And if he was, I wouldn't admit it. <laughs> Amen. But the point was, I want you to see, is that the number one reason a New Testament believer should pay tithes is the same Jesus said, turn the other cheek. How many heard that teaching? Turn the other cheek. The same Jesus said, go the extra mile. The same Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. This same Jesus said right here, you should tithe, yes. Isn't that what he said? And so, you know, I just want to say this. As you're having conversations with religious people that try to figure out, why are you giving that preacher your money? Well, I know why you're broke. That church taking all your money. You know what I'd say? That church never taken a penny off of me. That preacher's never taken a dime of my money. I pay my tithe to Jesus before I ever get to that church. And then it's his money. And what, what that preacher does with it, I wouldn't go there if I didn't trust that preacher. And so I trust that my pastor at my church is spending that money wisely. But first of all, I didn't give it to him. I gave it to Jesus. And so that's between me and God. And so you, Mr. and Mr. Religious Person, if you want to be a God robber, that's your business. But I'm not. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Did that give you answers for somebody? 
Amen. That'll help somebody. So anyway, Jesus said you should tithe, yes. And uh, we're going to be looking at Malachi in a minute, but there's a saying I like that maybe some of you have heard. Maybe you haven't. But this helps me. Now, listen to what I'm going to say. The New Testament is in the Old Explained, and the Old Testament is the New Contained. What that means is this. Much of the Old Testament has been fulfilled or is being fulfilled in the New Testament. And the New Testament mentions a lot of principles that are in the Old Testament. But the Old Testament is full of stories to help us understand these New Testament principles. A lot of Old Testament stories, when you read them, then you understand verses of the New Testament. Wow, that makes sense now. Now I understand why he said this, because the stories are in the Old Testament. And so a lot of things that are talked about in the New Testament are explained in the Old. And then a lot of things in the Old Testament that are explained, you don't really know the definition you see the New Testament. So they work hand in hand. And so the Old Testament is in the New Testament contained. The New Testament is the Old Testament explained. And so that's why sometimes we see some of these things here. We go back to the Old then to understand what we're seeing in the New. And so we're going back to Malachi then, and we're going to see why Jesus, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8 says, receives our tithe. We want to see why he does it. And we're going to see why he said in Matthew 23, you should tithe. And so Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8, says this, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, Where have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. And we're teaching about the tithe today, not offerings. It says, you're cursed with a curse. Why? For you've robbed me. Even this whole nation said, you've robbed me because you stole my tithe. Remember Leviticus 27 says the tithe is God's. Said all the tithe is his. And so he says that because of that, says you're under a curse. God is not the curser. God's the blesser. And, you know, I want to say something else that. I like, I like what Dr. Barclay explains in Bible school really good. Our tithe is not a God tax. It's not a payoff to protect us. It's not, God's not the mafia. You know, God doesn't have the preacher come around like the Godfather every week. Hey, <laughs> they're going to hit you this week if you don't come on. I got to get the tithes. Elise, shuck it up, man. Come on. Come on, man. There it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll t- I t- I tell you what. The devil will come knock your house off here. <laughs> no, it's not a God tax. It's not protection money. God said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. Amen. He said, he said, you should tithe. And so he said that because you don't, you're cursed with a curse. And let me explain what that means. How many have ever heard of a place called the Garden of Eden? How many know that there were a couple people lived in the Garden of Eden that, by the way, they were married? Amen. Stop. Don't go any further. Stop. 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 Adam and Eve were married because the Bible says they were. It says God blessed them. 
and God blessed the garden. Well, is the blessing opposite of the curse? It is. God blessed them. He said that everything he made was good. And so the garden of Eden, he told them, says, I want you to make sure you eat the tree of life, but stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't touch it. Don't eat it, because the day you do, you'll surely die. That means become separated from God's spiritually, spiritual death. And so when Satan came in, when Satan came in to the earth through disobedience, he brought a curse into the earth. That curse was at the fall of man. And so that curse is out there all the time. That curse is drawn on Christians as well as sinners. That curse is sickness, disease, poverty, every evil thing you think of on the human race come to the garden. It's out there. But God said, when we bring the tithe in, when we get born again into the family of God, we're set up for blessing. But then God said, as we see in these verses we're going to look at, as you bring the tithe in, that lifts you up above the curse. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 2 begins explaining about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is like the law of gravity. It's a spiritual law. Spiritual laws and natural laws run parallel. The law of gravity is always what? Pulling you down. You get in an airplane and they, they, they hook up the law of lift that lifts you up above gravity and defies gravity. The law of the uh, spirit of death is always pulling you down. Sin and death pulls you down. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus lifts you up above the law of sin and death. And the law of sin and death, that's the law that's on the earth right now through the fall. Jesus came, redeemed us from that curse. But we have to obey God. The more we walk with God in his ways, the higher we fly. And so he said, you're cursed with a curse because you robbed me. Christians should not live under the curse. We can't stop ourselves from getting older. That's just part of the way the deal is now. We're going to get older and we're going to die someday. We don't have to die young, premature, sick, diseased, mentally deficient, broke in the poor house. They don't have poor houses anymore. But anyway, whatever it is, we don't have to live down there. We can live up higher than that. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and lift it up higher. But God said, you've robbed me. He said, because you robbed me, you put yourself back under the curse. I want to say that, Christians. We, a good reason of why Jesus said that, but also, big, big, big reason, if you're tired of the curse, man, start tithing. Get up out of it. Hey, man. And I want to say this again. I am not giving you my opinion. I refuse to tell you what I think. I want to tell you what God said. God said, if you're a covenant person and you're not tithing, then the curse is on you. God did not say, I will curse you. God did not say, I'm going to make life rough on you. God said, please, children, bring your tithe in. Get out of the curse. I don't want to see you hurting anymore. You know, you think about your children. You know, most of us in here are of age where we've got children, and a lot of us have older children, grandchildren. I'm getting ready to go down to Florida and visit my 45-year-old daughter. Some of my grandchildren. Somebody said, Pastor, I thought you were about 45. Thank you. <laughs> I, 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 I have really, really blonde hair, but I, I dye it gray so I look season and mature for you. 
<laughs> no. I love my children, and I want my children to live right so they can be blessed. If my children live wrong and get in trouble, I didn't cause it. They did. And all I'm going to do while they're in trouble is pray for them, stand there with my hands out and say, I love you, I want to help you. But I can't live your life for you. I love you, I want to help you. God is saying, you're getting under that curse. And I love you, and I want to help you. He says, I'm telling you what to do. He said, I've sent you a pastor that's feeding you of knowledge and understanding. Somebody said, well, I'd like to get a word from God. You got it. I'm the messenger. God said, you're cursed. But it's not his will. You're cursed. Because you're not breaking this tithe in. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, the tithe is holy and belongs to your family that has need. Who's it belong to? God. And so would you choose to give God what already belongs to him and do a scripture in faith, it will lift you above the curse. And then I want you to notice then, verse 10, says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. But we're going to teach on that part next week about when you bring it in, how you're supposed to present it at the altar. We're not going to be teaching that part today. But I want you to notice this very detailed verse 10 about why tithe. Bring all the tithe in, that there may be meat in mine house. How many would say you're getting fed a pretty good spiritual meal this morning? Amen. You know why? Because this church is a really good tithing church. The pastor's taken care of. The pastor's family's taken care of. The bills are paid. If there wasn't the tithe in this storehouse, and the pastors had to fight off worry all week long about how we're going to keep the church open another week, how are we going to pay the bills, how are we going to do this because we were worried because the church was broke, you wouldn't have meat. You know what you'd have? Well, I can't wait. Keep him get fed. And Mike says, Boy, I can't wait. Here, what Pastor got to say. And I give a priest say, Guys, things are bad everywhere. Man, I'll tell you, I don't know what we're going to do. I'll tell you what, I, I, there's a rumor that God had to hawk half the throne. <laughs> Mike, don't let it get out. God says, Got to reduce 10% of the angel force, got to lay him off. Things are bad everywhere. Would you guys pray for me? Things are bad. And I just don't know what we're going to do. No, you don't get that kind of sermon here. Because there's tithers here, the pastor is free to pray, to seek God, to hear from heaven. And when God says, here's what I want you to teach on, to be able to teach it with authority, teach it with anointing, to open the word of God. And people come in, they get free. People come in and their minds are messed up. And the pastor's wife, because she's free to pray and study and be with God, she says, i got a word from God that somebody's having some mind problems. And I, I want to tell you something. If that wasn't you, but you've ever had that cloud on your head, then you can really appreciate how great it is to get that thing off of you, to be able to think clearly again. And for somebody that came here today, if that's all they got is they're leaving here thinking clearly again, then praise God it was worth the trip. Amen. That's absolutely true. And so that's what he means. He says, there may be meat in my house, and then prove me to hear with, now hear with, saith the Lord of hosts. Now look at this. 
if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, and pour you out a blessing, how many know that the blessing is opposite of the curse? I want you to see that. That really jumped off me this week when I studied that. It never jumped off me like that before. You look back at verse uh, 9, says you're cursed. And then you look at verse 10, says you bring it in, says you're blessed. Pour you out a blessing that shall not be room enough to receive it. It says, open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessing. And I think about that. I think about Christians. And you know, there's, without going into too much detail, God was talking to agriculture people, farmers. How many have noticed California's had a thing in the last few years they call it drought? Amen. Your water company, when you get your bill, lets you know of that thing there if you violate the watering things because of the drought. They're not going to pour you out a blessing. Pour you out a higher bill. But there's a drought. You know why there's a drought? Well, the number one, it's a sin problem, but that's for sermons too. But there's a drought because the windows of heaven over California have been closed. The windows of heaven. Well, how do you know that's what he's talking about? Do you remember the days of Noah? It says that God opened the windows of heaven and poured out the flood. He tells these farmers, when he tells these farmers, said, you bring the tithe in, oh, the wind is a heaven. Well, if you're a farmer and you're getting no rain, and the wind is a heaven open up, you get rain, that's a blessing. And when the rain comes, the crops grow. And when the crops grow, harvest comes. When harvest comes, you pay for your kids' education. You pay for your cars. You pay for your fun times because you had money because harvest came. And so God is saying for New Testament believers then that you're cursed if you don't tithe. If you do tithe, they'll the windows of heaven. And a lot of times that water is symbolic of beginning to rain of the anointing. And so if God pours out the anointing on your life, your job's going to be blessed. It's going to be like, 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 like one of the best trucking jobs I ever had was. I had a man that was a sinner that's married to a Jewish lady. And overtime was shut off. I didn't want it anyway, man. I wanted to go preach. And so we'd get in at 5 o'clock in our trucks to turn our paperwork in. And the man sat in a glass office in the middle of the big offices. And the guy's had a conviction. He wanted to get saved. He just didn't know it. He was married to a Jewish lady. And I was kind of a fanatic on the job there. I'd go in the office and get the Baptist secretary, uh, build the Holy Ghost, speak it in tongues right in the middle of other secretaries. Boy, what experience that was. I'd go in there and lay hands on the people in the office and get them healed. I'd lay hands on the mechanics and get them healed. I had a reputation there. I'd be getting ready to clock out. I didn't want the overtime. And that boss would knock on the window over there and go like that. I'd lay my time card down. And all these people that were the overtime hogs, they'd like to get two or three hours overtime. I just wanted to go home. I'd go in the office there and think, oh, what's he getting samples for? he said, hey, I want to ask you some questions about your church. I want to ask you some questions about, about Jesus. My wife says this. What do Christians say? He did that several times. I sit there for an hour or two just talking back and forth, just getting paid overtime with the teamster's job to tell him about Jesus. I think the windows of heaven were opened on my life. I think the blessing was on my life. Amen. What am I saying? That when we tithe, we come out from under the curse to the blessing. Can you see what I'm saying? Why tithe? I want to be blessed. 
I don't want to be cursed. I tithe because I love God. I don't even think about that stuff all the time. I've got such a habit of doing this for 36 years. I don't think about it. But I know about it. And I like this life. I'm going to close with Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. And this is God talking to us today about everything he shows us. Every time we come to church to read our Bibles and God shows us something that we're struggling with, this is what the Spirit of God is saying to us. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. God said, I said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. He said, therefore, choose life. I circled that in my Bible. Choose life. Choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. And so God tells us, you know, real simply, preachers and the Bible and people are the ingredients that make up this whole thing. If somebody comes in here that's not born again, are their backslide, don't know Jesus, I would preach today, Jesus died for your sins. If you believe that Jesus died for your sins and you want to get saved, you want to ask Jesus into your heart, then choose life. Choose Jesus. I want, I want to pray for you. You make the choice. You have to get out of your seat. You have to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to ask you, I can't make you, but I can tell you what God says. God says, whosoever shall call by the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I did my part. I presented the gospel, but then you have to choose if you want it or not. Today, I did my part. I don't know who all is tithers, who's not. I really don't care. I did what God wanted to do. And so obviously, obviously, there must be people struggling with that part of the life. And so all I want to say is this. God said... If the curse is still on you, and you know you're not tithing, God said, bring your tithe in, and you're choosing blessing. When the blessing comes, your job's blessed, your house is blessed, your cars are blessed, your family's blessed, your whole life changes. He redeemed you from the curse. Amen. 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 And so I've done the best I know to do today. I've gifted to God. I'm called of God. I've sent him to God. He said, I'll give you pastors with my heart. You heard the heart of God today. He said, feed you of knowledge and understanding. And so we have a choice in life. Born again gets us to heaven. But to live free from the curse on earth, we need to tithe in faith. To open the windows of heaven and enjoy heaven's blessings while still on earth. That's the way it works. And so next week, we're going to talk about how to scripturally present your tithe to Jesus. And also, you know, it's a lot of churches don't do it when you bring them to the altar. But we're going to teach you while we bring it to the altar and do our financial faith confession. We're going to teach you next week. Scripturally, put in the Bible while we do what we do because we want God's best. Amen. Well, let's stand up.